Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome in a weekend wager here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, Week 7 in the NFL. Appreciate you guys joining me. I'm your host, Mark Zeno. As we do every single weekend here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, hit me up on Twitter at Mark Zeno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O, and use that hashtag weekend wager 929. Make sure you guys hit me up during the week. Let me know what games you want me to preview as we try to get through as much of the NFL card as possible. We got a lot of teams on bye this week, so we should get to more games than normal. But very interesting week here. A lot of short spreads between these teams and a lot of looks like coin toss games. Uh, we cashed our best bet winner last week here on the show. So now four and two on the year and feeling really good about where we are. And we have one more best bet to get to before the end of the show. But as always, you know how we start the show. You know how we kick things off. It begins with the Power Five. All right, here we go. Top five games on the schedule on the board for week seven in the NFL. We'll start up in New England as Buffalo Bills head to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. Bills four and two, Patriots one and five, and the Patriots have not been good in any size, way, shape, or form. Loses of three in a row and have now been outscored 93 to 20 over their last three games. It has been bad for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. However, it's also been bad for the Buffalo Bills. They lose that game in London, and they get through a slugfest on Sunday Night Football with the New York Giants, the pathetic New York Giants, and uh, a game that Bills probably should have lost. Like, a lot of people will tell you that the Bills probably should have lost that game, and that's probably true. The Bills probably should have lost that game. If Terod Taylor wasn't a dope and didn't stink at quarterback and, you know, check out of an audible with no timeouts left to, to a run play and just a whole comedy of errors by the New York Giants. All that said, Bills laying a big number here at 8.5, total set at 40.5 or 41. My first instinct is just to take the under. I mean, I know the Bills, I feel confident that they'll get back on track, right? Like, that's just kind of the way the Bills are. It's like, you know, they have this stinker game, and then they rip off three or four in a row. I mean, they had they had that stinker game against the Jets, and they scored 38, 37, and 48 in the next three games before they drop one of Jacksonville at a stinker against the Giants. This is a spot here where New England cannot compete with the Buffalo Bills. They just can't. Um, this is not a team that is equipped to do it. Mac Jones, obviously, at this point, doesn't look like the answer for this offense. Bills have a uh, – I'm sorry, the Patriots rather have a ton of injuries. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson at running back, Judas Smith-Schuster at wide receiver. And as good as the Patriots' defense has been for the most part, it has been very good, um, this is not a team that offensively can keep up with the Bills here. So if the Bills don't make mistakes and the Bills don't turn the ball over – do you really believe the Patriots are going to have a lot of success driving up and down the field on this Bills defense? I, I just don't see it. Um, they're going to have to run the ball and run it heavily. That's the only way you can beat the Bills. But is the Patriots defense equipped to stop Buffalo? I don't know. And oh, by the way, going back to the run for the Patriots, they're one of the worst running teams in the league. They only average 83 yards a game on the ground. So I just don't know where this offense goes. Again, I would tend to look at this thing as an under game more than anything. Laying at eight and a half with Buffalo Seems like a big chore here. Now, we'll get into teasers later on in the show in our last segment as always, but it does seem like a spot where you could tease the Bills down to six and a half and be under a field goal and feel pretty comfortable about it. I, I think the under is the play here. Um, you know, division game, laying points on the road that many is always tough. Uh, I'd probably take the points if you put a gun to my head. Uh, 
All right, next game. Pittsburgh Steelers travel out west to face the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium. Game kicking off at 4.05 Eastern. Right now we got the Rams installed as a three-point favorite with a total of 43.5. Look, there's an argument out there, and I certainly agree with it. Pittsburgh probably could be 0-5. I mean, like if you look at it objectively, they get smoked by San Francisco in week one. Cleveland gifted them a win in week two with a couple of mistakes there at the end. The Raiders definitely gifted them a win. Uh, Josh McDaniels was, was really not smart at the end of that game. Uh, but that may be the one game that they actually, you know, deserve to win. And then, of course, the Ravens made a ton of mistakes down the stretch. Um, and it was a special teams play that, that put the Steelers out in front. So, you know, I don't know how good the Steelers are. I, my, my gut feeling says that they're not that good. Offensively, they're pretty bad. They only pass for 209 yards a game. They only rush for 80. That's not good. You're not going to beat many teams doing it that way. I know their defense is really good, but is it really? Because statistically, when you look at some of their numbers, the two blowouts sort of skew things a little bit. They've been good in other areas against teams like Las Vegas and Baltimore defensively. But, you know, again, I, I just I don't have a lot of faith here in Kenny Pickett and the Steelers' offense at this point in time. Now, the question for the Rams is, you know, how effective can they be on the offensive side of the ball here? They just lost running back Kyron Williams again, so the, the running game is now taking another hit. Uh, and, and their offensive line isn't great. Um, how are they going to protect Matt Stafford in the pass game? Um, how often will Matt Stafford have to drop back in this game? Like it, it's a real tough matchup here. But I look at this objectively and go, the Rams probably have the edge, and I understand why they're a favorite here. I mean, again, this is Pittsburgh's offense. If this game was in Pittsburgh, you know, if you flip it around, because typically home field advantage is three points. If you flip it around, Pittsburgh is probably a three-point favorite at home. That feels about right. Um, but again, this is a tough one to call. Uh, the passing game of the Steelers, uh, of the Rams rather, will have to will come to the forefront. And if Pittsburgh can't slow that down, they had trouble with San Francisco and again, trouble with Houston. You know, it, it's not like the Browns, the Raiders, and the, and the Ravens are great passing teams. Houston knows how to pass the ball. We've seen that with C.J. Stroud. The 49ers know how to throw the ball. We've seen that. that. That's where the mismatch is in this game, especially for a defense in the Steelers that gives up 265 yards passing per game. With Matt Stafford... Averaging nearly 300 yards per game, yeah. Uh, Rams defense just has to stay healthy and avoid the turnovers there, and I think that they really uh, end up getting on the right side of that one. All right, next game, and there are three more big ones here on the schedule. Let's head to Baltimore as the Ravens are going to take on the Detroit Lions. Uh, Ravens laying three here in this game, and a total of 42.5. What's interesting here is that the Lions, who have been pretty bad on the road um, over the last couple of years, they've won their last two road games. They beat Green Bay and Green Bay 34-20, and they beat Tampa Bay 20-6. Now, the Lions have a ton of injuries to deal with. Um, They're now down David Montgomery. He's out. Um, Their other running back, Craig Reynolds, is listed as questionable. they got some injuries on the offensive line to Frank Ragnow. Um, Tight end Sam Laporta also a little bit questionable for the game. The big thing about, you know, what you have to understand here in this game and, and why I'm going to back the Ravens is the home road splits for Jared Goff are are jarring. They really are. Like, I know that he had a decent game last game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, and he played well, but they only scored 20 points. You know, Goff was 30 of 44 for 353 yards and two touchdowns. That's not typically what he does on the road. This is a guy here... Just just look at this year alone. 73% completion at home, 66 on the road. Seven touchdowns at home, 
only four on the road. You know, I mean, if you go go back and look at his numbers, even take last year's splits and see how dynamic they are. You ready for this? Last year, he went 23 touchdowns and three interceptions at home. On the road, six touchdowns, four interceptions. His quarterback rating goes from 109.3 at home to 87.4 on the road. Now, maybe he's fixed it. We have a small sample size this year, so we don't really know. But I will say this much. The Ravens are exceptionally good at home. They don't make a ton of mistakes. They're a very well-prepared team. And this is a game here I think they should win. The one hiccup here is that the Ravens got back from London. Typically, teams coming back from London have not had a lead in the fourth quarter of this game. That's why I'd probably lay the juice here and just take the Ravens on the money line. I don't know that the Lions are going to win back-to-back road games. Like, that would be really jarring for me to see. And, and that's, you know, again, look at, the, look at the opponents that the Lions have played. Seattle, Atlanta, Green Bay, Carolina, Tampa Bay. Is there really a, a bona fide playoff team in there at all? Anywhere? I mean, if you want to say Seattle, sure. Well, they lost to Seattle. So, you know, I mean, it's like that's their last fight. They haven't really been tested. I mean, yes, they played the Chiefs in the opener and won that game, but they haven't been tested since then. This is going to be a much tougher test with the Baltimore Ravens, and I think the Ravens come out on top here. Uh, Lamar Jackson, the running game for the Ravens, going to be incredibly tough to stop, and this is an incredibly good Ravens pass defense. Ravens have to be careful about taking stupid penalties and and being undisciplined, but, you know, other than that, um, I think the Ravens are the right side here. I really like them. Uh, if I saw two and a half, I would play the two and a half. But at three, I think it's worth it to lay the juicer on the minus 155, minus 160, and just take the Ravens on the money line to win this thing. That makes the most sense to me as far as a way to play this game, particularly, again, with uh, with Jared Goff's home road splits. I think they bubble back to the surface. All right, next game. Going to the late game on Sunday. Kansas City and Los Angeles, the Chargers and the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And what we're seeing here is the Kansas City Chiefs laying five and a half with a total of 47 and a half or 48. Chargers are coming off this Monday night game against Dallas. Uh, and now they got to go on the road. That's usually not a good sign, but it's, it's been mitigated over the last couple of years. Teams are responding better to that, uh, that situation here. Um, Chiefs have won five in a row since uh, losing their opener. And, you know, this is a team now that had that Thursday night game against Denver. And uh, they've, they're on extra rest. They're laying five and a half. It's a dead number, folks. Uh, you've heard me talk about that. Games almost never end on five. Um, you know, they, they don't land on six that often either. So you're talking three, four, seven are, are more of the key numbers that we're really looking at. But have the Chiefs, other than beating the Bears, have the Chiefs really separated from anybody? I mean, they lose the Wii opener. They only beat the Jaguars 17-9. They smoked the Bears, as I said. They beat the Jets by three, right? They beat the Vikings on the road by seven, and then they only win by 11 over Denver. This is not a team that's separating for anybody. These Chargers-Chiefs games are always, always, always close. Always. Now, the Chargers have to figure out something defensively. Um, Their pass defense is terrible. It's one of the worst in the league. The Chiefs could have a field day with it, but... These games always tend to be back and forth, and the Chargers almost feel like they're in a desperation spot right now at 2-3 and three with the Chiefs at 5-1. and one. I mean, they lose this game and fall to 2-4, and four, and the Chiefs are 6-1. and one. It almost feels like Los Angeles has no chance to catch them. So I think you'll see a certain level of desperation from the Chargers that we're not used to seeing before, and that'll show up on the field and really manifest itself. The Chargers are going to keep this thing close. I don't know if they can, they can win this thing, 
But if you go back and look at the the you know the, the series between these two teams, I mean, it is just generally close. Over the course of the last five years, 30-27, 27-24, 34-28, that was six. Chiefs won that one. 30-24 Chargers. I mean, you know, 38-21 Chargers. 23-20 Chiefs. 31-21 Chiefs. I mean, 24-17 Chiefs. 29-28 Chargers. These are going back to the last five. These are all close games. It's going to be a one-score game. Is it going to be a field goal one-score game or a touchdown one-score game? We'll find out. But I think it's a field goal game here. I like the Chargers and like them a lot. All right, final game here on the Power Five here on Weekend Wager Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Let's head out to Sunday night in Philadelphia. As the Eagles are hosting the Miami Dolphins. Eagles were a two-point favorite, moved up to two and a half. And it's one of those things where, you know, you, you look at this number and it's starting to move in favor of the Eagles. I think that's very telling. I think it's it's interesting to note um, that money is coming in on the Eagles. But the other part of this is, you know, the Eagles just came off a bad loss to the New York Jets. It was almost like one of those um, one of those games that that absolutely is the perfect time to lose a game coming in against this Miami team. You know, like to me, that is one of those things where the loss refocuses them. The loss absolutely makes them much, much differ, uh, much, much different, and, and puts them in a position position where they are going to come out with a lot of anger and play this game really well. I think when you look at the Dolphins overall, um, they're going to have a real tough time with the Eagles' run game. I think they're going to have a real tough time with um, the Eagles' pass game as well because their pass defense isn't good. The Dolphins won't be able to run the ball against Philadelphia. That we know. Could they pass on them? Possibly. But will the Eagles' pass rush get to Tua? This matchup for me is a lot like the way the Bills dispatched of Miami. I think the Eagles are going to do it in the exact same way. Plus, you want to add in one more stat here? If you look at the uh, the, the game time temperature here, you know, uh, it's expected to be a little bit chilly on Sunday night in Philadelphia. If you believe the whole deal about Tua... In cold weather, in kickoffs, he plays a lot different in cold weather than he has in warm weather. Uh, that's something to also take into account here. So uh, you go from 95 in Miami down to, to 55, even below 50 on a Sunday night game in Philadelphia. Yeah, things are going to look a little bit different here. So we're going to go with the uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night, and that'll do it for the Power Five. All right, coming up next, uh, Jeremy Conn of Beck QL Network is going to join us. We'll get his three games. As always, I will break down the Falcons game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we will say WTF about the Falcons game. I'll tell you what WTF means, not what you think. That's coming up next this weekend. Wager here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com, and the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Weekend Wager here on Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929 thegamecom and the Odyssey app. Make sure you guys hit me up on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M A R K Z I N N O. And let me know what games you want to hear. Use the hashtag Weekend Wager 929. Certainly appreciate you guys tuning in and love the fact that you guys are here every single week and we get to talk a little sports betting. So uh, before we get to Jeremy Kahn from the BetQL Network, we will uh, go over the Falcons game as I always do here. Now, Falcons in. Tampa Bay here, and Tampa Bay is a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Total sitting around 38.5-39. I told you before the break, uh, there is WTF about this game, and no, it's not what the bleep. WTF is wrong team favored. The wrong team is favored. The Buccaneers are not a good football team, and the numbers prove it. 
They've been outgamed by their opponents on the year. They allow 330 yards per game uh, to opponents, but they only average 291 on offense. Now, the Bucs grabbed 10 turnovers in their first four games, right? That allowed them to be much better than what they were and allowed their record to be much better than what they were. But turnovers always have a way of regressing to the mean. That's something that's not going to continue for them. They also have the fourth worst rushing attack in football, averaging 78.8 yards per game. And Baker Mayfield's only averaging 6.7 yards per attempt. That's equal to that of, like, Jordan Love. And it's worse than the quarterback he's facing this week in Desmond Ritter. And other quarterbacks, it's worse than, like, Sam Howell and rookie Anthony Richardson, who's not going to play anymore, but you get the point. So this is not a good Buccaneers offense by any stretch of the imagination. Now, the Falcons' defense has actually become one of the best in the league to start the season. Fourth best in the NFL in yards allowed, fourth best against the pass, giving up just 20 points a game. And the Falcons have the third best pressure percentage of any defense in the NFL and the second best hurry percentage. What's that translation? Baker Mayfield's going to have a long day unless he gets great protection from his offensive line. Now, fairness that the Bucs' offensive line is actually pretty good, but, you know, we saw the Falcons get five sacks last week, so we'll see if that continues. Now, obviously, all this comes down to the Falcons' offense, right? And it continues to be a work in progress. They've put up at least 400 yards, though, in three of their last five. And they utterly dominated the commanders in every offensive category last week other than the scoreboard because Desmond Ritter had three interceptions that ultimately cost him the game. Atlanta has now eight turnovers in the last three games, and that's something that has to get fixed. And I think it will get fixed in this game. Ball security will be at a premium. Falcons have gotten a little bit away from the run. I think they should strive for more run balance in this game. The Bucs' run defense has been very good this year, but it did allow DeAndre Swift when they played the Eagles to rush for over 200 yards. So, um, you know, part of the reason that run defense is good too, I think their other four opponents were not very run-focused teams. The Vikings and Saints are bottom 10 in the league in rushing, and the Bears get most of their rushing from their quarterback. So I think the Falcons may have some room here to take advantage if they just stick with the run and go with a more balanced attack. There's just no way, though, the Buccaneers can get my money. Flat out cannot get my money. It's very difficult for me to trust Baker Mayfield as a quarterback and Todd Bowles as a head coach. I think the Falcons offense is getting better each week and their passing offense is starting to develop. Um, I think Atlanta is a great teaser option at plus two and a half. But regardless, I'll still back Atlanta and take the points here plus the two and a half. So that'll do it for our Falcons wrap-up. All right, let's get to our guest. Joining us now from the BetQL Network, you can hear him every weekend over there on Odyssey Sports. It's Jeremy Kahn. He is also a host on Baltimore's 105.7 The Fan, my old stomping grounds. We go way back. Jeremy, good to talk to you as always, man. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Mark. What's up? All right, uh, definitely some interesting games here on the schedule this week. Uh, we need three of them from you, including a best bet, so we'll get it started here. It looks like you want to go to uh, Los Angeles and Kansas City. This is a game I gave out my Power 5. I, I kind of really like the Chargers here. But See, you're in the same thing I am because, like, it's one of these weird spots. The Chargers always lose when they're supposed to win. You know, they, they end up covering when they're not supposed to, and things get really weird with them. Um, I typically like betting against teams that, that go on the road after Monday night football, but this is a spot where I just fully expect them. If you've watched the, the Chiefs at all this year, they just played down to the level of their opponent. Outside of that Bears game, that was the one blowout, and the Bears are just god-awful. Um, I just saw that the, the Bears starting quarterback, Tyler Badgett, you know, everybody's talking about his dad and the arm wrestling stuff. But I also saw that last year in December, he threw two interceptions against – the Colorado School of Mines, I, whatever the hell that is. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I th- at first I thought it said mines. I thought we were going to be watching guys out there telling guys to drag across the field like they're pulling a fake rope or something. But, uh, but, but no, like getting back to the Chargers, they do have enough offensive firepower. Austin Eckler's back. Derwin James is back. Joey Bosa's back. There's a lot of reasons to like them. 
the one scary thing is, you know, as well as I do about betting on the Chargers is that they're a very hard team to trust, mainly because of coaching. No, he's a putz. Um, that's neither here nor there. But, you know, and I, and I went back earlier in, in my Power 5 and talked about, look, all these games between the Chiefs and Chargers are generally close. They're generally one-score games. It's just a question of whether it's going to be one-score seven or eight or one-score three or four. Um, you know, that five-and-a-half is a dead number, and, and I'm with you. I mean, I don't, I, I don't trust Kansas City to cover numbers. I genuinely don't. Um, they're, they're not a team that I want to back, even though the public loves to run. And, and I'm sure the public will be all over them this week uh, to a certain extent. By the time we kick this thing off on Sunday, I wouldn't be surprised to see some sixes pop up unless some sharp money comes in the other way. But I'm with you with you on the Chargers there. All right, again, Jeremy Kahn from BetQL Network joining us again, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Your second game, Miami in Philadelphia, the biggest game of the week here. Uh, I know where I am. Where are you? I'm on Philly. Um, I love this spot. Now, I know they just had the huge letdown spot. That's against the, the best Jets. reason to bet I, them. It's the best reason yeah, to bet it, them. Well, it goes back to an old friend of ours used to always say, if you think it's a good team and they get embarrassed on national TV, they usually bounce back the next week. Um, this Dolphins team, like, I don't think the Eagles are going to have trouble running on them. I don't even think they're going to have trouble throwing on them. I, I want to see what the Dolphins defense looks like once they get Jalen Ramsey back, but Right now, I, I have major concerns about their defense, and I think Philly's D is good enough to get stops against Miami. Uh, they fell behind last week, fourteen to nothing, to Carolina unexpectedly, and then they just said, "Hey guys, what are we doing? We're the Dolphins, they're the Panthers," and they figured it out. Um, I just think it's going to be hard to do that against the Eagles after they just had their hiccup. I feel like this game unfolds very similar to the way the Buffalo game did for them. Again, they're also a two yep. and a half point dog on the road. Um, this is uh, you know a spot where Philadelphia. On national TV, they're not going to lose this game. Uh, and I just, you know, Miami's offense, and, and when you look at their numbers, too, you have to remember so much of that is skewed by that one game. You know, I'm not saying it's bad, obviously, but their numbers being so much better than everybody else's are are clearly a, a you know, representation of that one game, and they can be stopped, and the Bills prove that. Uh, and I, I worry about Miami's uh, ability to block for Tua. I mean, you know, uh, Fletcher Cox, as long as he comes back, I think that's a huge plus for for Philadelphia, but up front, I don't know if they're going to have a great, great, great chance at blocking this team. I think that's a, a major part of this game. Yeah, no, I would tend to agree with that too. Like when you look at what this Eagles team can do in, in running the football, not only with the quarterback, but, um, you know, seeing, seeing how different it's looked with DeAndre Swift as he's very explosive. I, I, look, I'm the biggest Mike McDaniel fan there is in, uh, in, in the NFL because I think the guy's a genius when it comes to devising plays and creating things. Um, but the big concern, you know, with guys that have great offenses, when it doesn't work out, are you going to leave your defense out to dry? And Philadelphia is the perfect team to take advantage of something like that. Um, I think their offensive line is one of the best in the league, and I think they move the ball fairly easily against this uh, Miami defense this weekend. Yeah, Swift could have a big day. And, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in the sense that if they didn't lose this game, if they didn't lose to the Jets, I might be looking to play on Miami in this spot. But I think the number would also be three and a half. I think Philly would open yeah. up as a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this spot, and I would have been all over Miami just given what the number is. Um, so, you know, it, it's interesting how things unfold from week to week in the NFL. Again, it is a weekend wager here on Sports Radio 929 The Game. We are with Jeremy Kahn of the BetQL, BetQL Network and 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore, and that's where you're going to go for your best bet, Ravens and Lions. How do you see this one going? I love the Ravens here, and you know me. I'm not a homer by any stretch. No. Um we, we have a situation with the Lions going on back-to-back -back road games. If you look at the Lions on the road, they look vastly different than at home. I know Jared Goff, he hasn't turned the ball over in an incredible rate. I think four touchdowns, one pick on the road, but his completion percentage is down about 10%, and the scoring's down overall. And you come into a game where the Ravens have given up five offensive touchdowns this year in six games, 
The defense has been really, really good. And then on top of it, you're missing David Montgomery. And I don't think people realize like how much, how important David Montgomery is to that offense and a lot of the things they like to do. Uh, I think this Ravens team is geared up after, I mean, they played kind of, they, they, they kind of played uh, conservatively last week, and I feel like they do this all the time. It's one of the reasons why they've blown five, ten-point leads in the past year um, is because they get up and then they feel like they're good enough, and then they just kind of run, 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 clock's our friend, clock's our friend. Oh, wait a minute, it's a one-score game. Now we got to pick up a first down. Wait, how did we just lose that game? Because realistically, if you look at it this year, the Ravens should be 6-0. I'll, I'll give you the Steelers game and say 5-1. and one. If they just call a timeout and tell their kick returner not the fair catch the ball, they beat the then it, obviously it runs under the two-minute warning, yep. and they win yep. that game and need it out. Yep. Um, but, I had the, I had but the Ravens in a so. teaser that day, and it killed me. I had the oh, Ravens in a teaser, yeah. and it absolutely killed me that they couldn't. And Justin Tucker, of course, misses a field goal because, you know, kickers are so reliable. Uh, you know how I feel about those guys. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm with you on the Ravens, too. I, I, and I said this earlier. Here's the way I'd play this game. Uh, and it's not often that I would do something like this, but there is one special scenario here. I would be willing to pay the juice and play the Ravens on the money line simply because they are returning from London. Now, last week, Jacksonville became the first team to return from London and play the game the next week without a bye and have a lead in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter and not be trailing in the fourth quarter, right? So all yep. the it, it's just it's a sluggish week to get back. Now, John Harbaugh is the best preparation coach in the league. The Ravens are, are, are almost never, ever, ever get blown out because it doesn't matter. And we've seen this from him. It doesn't matter who starts at quarterback, right? Even last year with Tyler Huntley, they were in every single game they played because they're such a well-coached, well-prepared team. But the London thing does give me a little bit of pause here that it could be a lower-scoring, ugly-type game where there are four or five field goals from each team and the 12s and the 15s start popping up, you know, and you have these weird numbers out there that, that, uh, that don't align with that three. If it was two and a yeah. half, I'd be might more inclined to take it, but I'll swallow the juice here and lay the, put it on the money line with the Ravens. And you know what? Like, Mark, I've known you for almost 20 years now. I've never been able to say this. The Lions are good. I mean, that, <laughs> that defense is ridiculously good. I, 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 think they're, I, I think their defense is further along than their offense, and that's kind of weird, like, with all the things I was hearing out of their camp before the season. Um, I like this Lions team a lot. I just think this is a bad spot. And then this is their first chance to see a, run, uh, you know, a quarterback like Lamar that well, will run and throw and kind of be that dual threat And not guy. only and that, think- the, the five teams that they've played since the Chiefs, there's not a single playoff team there. Seattle, Atlanta, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. There's not a single playoff team in that run at all. Like, they, they haven't yeah. beaten anybody good other than the Chiefs. And if you want to make the argument Seattle might be a playoff team, okay, they lost to them. So, you know, uh, I don't know. I just I think this is a tough test you mentioned. And Jared, Jared Goff's home road splits are dynamic, to say the least. Yeah. All right, uh, some final thoughts here for Jeremy Kahn, BetQL Network, uh, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore, as we, we're wrapping things up here with segment number two on Weekend Wager, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Um, you have a couple more games you're eyeing up here. Give me give me Indianapolis yeah. Cleveland. I, I, well, I think I think this Monday might end up being, we might be talking about this being Black Sunday because, like, I feel like a lot of these underdogs are going to show up this week. Like, really? I think Atlanta's in a good spot against yes. Tampa. I love the Colts against the Browns here, and I you know are the Browns defense for punishment. I, I have gotten every Colts bet yeah. wrong this year, and Gardner Minshew stinks. <laughs> well, Gardner Minshew is great when he gets called off the bench yes. after the game started. Give him a it's full like, week of preparation, and he sucks. Yeah, just pitch, please. Just, just. Throw. But when he prepares, it's like, who is this guy? He should probably be out there playing in a pair of jean shorts with that flavor saver right there on his lip, uh, just slinging the football over the field, but. I do think it's a good spot for the Colts this week against the Browns after they had their amazing upset win last week. 
Um, and it's weird. I was all over the Jim Schwartz stuff and I played the under and ended up, I got lucky and pushed because it finished at 36, but it shouldn't even have come down to that. Um, but I do think there's a lot of dogs. Like I think the giants are an interesting spot against Washington. So speaking of glutton for punishment, oh, yeah. I just think a lot of the dogs are going to be barking this week. I, I mean, it is, look, it feels like a spot where Washington is absolutely going to let down a hundred percent. Like it just after, after what they did last week, it a hundred percent feels like a spot. What's your thought on the Steelers? I'm just curious. I, I like them this week. You Do know, they're you really? <laughs> yeah, God, I, you're talking about I mean, being there's an argument. Punch. There's an argument to make that the Steelers shouldn't have a win yet. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, and I, I totally agree with that. But, you know, Mike Tomlin, a little extra time to get ready here. You're looking at a game um, against the, the Rams, which, let, let's be honest, anytime they've gone out to L.A., whether it was the Rams, the Chargers, that's been a pro Steelers crowd. So I still think it's going to feel like a home game for him uh, going out to L.A. But uh, but, yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting spot for, uh, for the Rams. Who I, I'm a little bit more bullish on the Rams, but I like the spot for the Steelers here. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm probably yeah. not going to play the game itself, but I just wonder, you know, uh, if the Steelers defense will show up. I mean, look, they did get blown out by. Uh, Houston, they got blown out by the Niners. I mean, it's it's the, the defense is good at times, but you know, if you have a quarterback who could take advantage of it the way Matt Stafford can, I don't know if I necessarily like that spot for them. Uh, one more: here. Buffalo laying the biggest number of the week at eight and a half. Do they bounce back after their abysmal Sunday night performance? I think they have to, right? Like they they have to bounce back, but I don't like the number. Uh, the number scares me. So for me, this is either I'm betting the dog, or it's a no bet, or I'm throwing Buffalo and some teasers or something. Well, but, that's the way you know, to do it, right? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, like, and I, I try to tell people this all the time when you're gambling, like I, I map out all my picks and then I start crossing them off. I go in reverse because like when I am a um, volume better, which I know a lot of people are, you know, but like the fact is when you're betting, if you're betting 10 games a day, you're ultimately going to just get destroyed on the juice every single day. Yeah. So, it's good. I mean, listen, it's not an easy card this week. Um, even the Monday night game, I don't think as much as a cakewalk as it is for everybody. I know Minnesota's offense looked dramatically different without Justin Jefferson. But, you know, San Fran may rest some dudes. They may just say, yeah. CMC, take the night off. You know, Trent Williams, take the night off, and we'll, we'll figure this out. Um, Minnesota's still a tough place to play. Uh, and, you know, for a game that feels like, you know, a mini Super Bowl for Minnesota to try and go out and win this game, I don't know. Uh, an extra week of preparation without Jefferson may help them. Who knows? Who knows if their offense can get right? Yeah, it's it's a really weird spot too, especially with what happened with the 49ers, knowing their their yeah. injuries. But like, if you go back and look at the Vikings last year, they they won 13 games and they were in so many one score games and just found ways to win them. That's why their point differential looked awful at the end of the year. And then now they're losing those games. They're in a lot of games. They just keep finding ways to lose them outside of. You know, the Bears, uh, uh, yeah, Justin Fields getting hurt, and then they bring in Joey Baloney to sling the football around the field. So uh, that didn't really work out for me all that well as I was on the Bears last week. God, I, that was awful. Uh, I, I don't even know how you touch that game. Like, if it's Aiden O'Connell versus that other guy, and I don't even know his name. Like, I, I just I have yeah. no idea who's quarterbacking that game. Like, how do you even bet that game? That's just – do you just take the under and get the hell out of there? It's Badgett, right? Badgett, Badgett, his dad's the arm wrestling champion or 27-time – Woo! I don't know. Is he so out there is yelling? He, is he wait, he's, he's Bull Hurley from over the top, or is he Lincoln That's Hall? him. Yeah, Bull Hurley's he's Bull Hurley. Thing. How many? How yeah. many? How no, many people in the audience think got that reference? 
How many how many people in the audience <laughs> think got that Bull Hurley reference and over the top? How many like I I, I, I don't know. I bet it. on Lincoln Hawk. I won a ton of money there. I, I can say I had that one. You know, so so, so did Lincoln Hawk. He he, he kind of bet yeah. on himself on that one. Uh, I remember him walking to the counter there in Vegas with a whole swat <laughs> of cash. Uh, you know, with, with with the greatest Sammy Hagar song ever written, by the way, as the uh, as as the background track. It's like the flipping of the switch like when the, I turn the, the head, head around. around. It's like 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 I become a truck. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, <laughs> since we're making fun of Rocky, rest in peace to Burt Young, man. Oh yeah, I forgot about that, Paulie. Yeah, Paulie. we were naming all the movies that he was in, and and one of my co-hosts today was naming all these random movies. I said, don't forget about Back to School. Remember, he picked up Bruce Springsteen. So uh, yeah, yeah. He, Burt Young was in a lot of great movies. Certainly, certainly was. Well. Listen, man, appreciate the time. Again, follow Jeremy on Twitter at JeremyCom1057. You can get his picks there. Uh, and his website, StoneConcreteLocks.com, right? Correct, ConcreteLocks.com. Two ends. Thanks, man. C-O-N-N, ConcreteLocks.com. Jeremy has all his picks up there. Uh, Jeremy's been a great handicapper for a long time, so check out ConcreteLocks.com. Check him out on BetQL as well. Always great to hear from you, brother. Always great to talk to you. Wishing you uh, the best this weekend, and uh, certainly appreciate the time as always. The same to you, and if you if you need any of my kids' T-shirts, let me know. I'll send them down your way, man, because I know you, you're wearing those extra mediums. I know. I appreciate you. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I'll see you, man. That's what you get when you uh, have a good friend on for 20 years, so you get a little little fair ribbing. All right, uh, we're going to end the show as we always do next. PTSD coming up. Parlay's teaser, Survivor, and Decision, our best bet for the show. That's coming up next here on Weekend Wager. Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929thegame.com, and the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Weekend Wager here. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Again, 92.9thegame.com. Don't forget that Odyssey app. All the places you can hear this show every single week. Appreciate you guys joining us as you always do. Obviously, hit me up on Twitter, at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. And let me know what games you want to hear about each and every week. Use that hashtag Weekend Wager 929, and uh, we'll certainly get you guys squared away. Again, shorter card this week. I think we've got a chance to at least uh, touch on pretty much all the games here. Um, even even the Monday night game coming up between San Fran and Minnesota. So uh, now that we've hit everything, it's time for our PTSD segment, Parlays, Teasers, Survivor, and Decision. Um, let's start with Parlays. I think you're going to have a lot of decent options this week if you want to uh, look at some Moneyline Parlays. Now let's just take the two biggest numbers. We do this every week, guys. Remember, for those who are just uh, tuning in or hearing Weekend Wager for the first time, Moneyline Parlay, all you got to do is pick the winner. The spread does not matter. The points do not matter. Just pick the winner. The problem is, again, with money lines, uh, you know, some of the prices get to be a little bit steep here. Let's just say, for argument's sake, you want to take the Chiefs at minus 5.5, and and you take the 49ers at minus 310. That gets you down to minus 113. Uh, Remember, you're paying, it's usually a a standard 10% VIG on a $100 bet. You'd pay an extra $10, so it'd be minus 110. So you're playing only extra $0.03 here to get two good teams that are likely going to win a game. 49ers make it a little tough with that number, but let's say you find the Chiefs and you want to find somebody else here that you'd really like to pair them with. And again, Seattle at 7.5 at minus 390, they're a bigger favorite than than the 49ers are. So what does that tell you? Uh, Probably not a a good spot for you to get involved in here. But you have a lot of short spreads this week, and the problem is you you have to figure them out. So let's say you take Cleveland against the Colts along with Kansas City. Now you're getting plus 128. Now you're right in that range there. Uh, you get Cleveland on the road. It's a dome environment. Weather won't be a factor. Will Deshaun Watson play? Will it be P.J. Walker again? Hard to figure out. Hard to know one way or another. But simply put, you know, that's a that's a two-team parlay that may work out in your favor if you want to do it. Now with some of these other short favorites that we're seeing this week, you might get a lot better numbers. Let's just look at the Ravens and the Rams. They're both three-point favorites here. 
Ravens at minus 154, Rams at minus 168. That gets you plus 163. That's a very nice money line parlay right there to get to. Again, you need both of those teams to win. Theoretically, they're supposed to be close games. I, I told you what I thought about the Ravens earlier. Genuinely think they're going to win the game. Uh, so I would feel confident in that. And then the Rams versus Steelers are another spot where you can look at uh, teams that are going to win. You know, I, I think that's that's probably the, the best version of the money line parlay that we can come up with this week, the one I feel the most confident in. Um, if you'd like to switch out, like, let's say the Ravens for the Eagles, you get plus 170. So you do a little bit better there if you believe in that, if you believe that that's the case. Um, and really, that's what it boils down to. Would I touch a game like Green Bay or Denver at a one-and-a-half-point spread? No. Um, would I want to take, you know, and the problem is, too, uh, you know, do I want to take Washington against the Giants? Not really. It, it, as I said to Jeremy a moment ago, it's 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 not a spot where I, um, it's not a spot where I really trust Washington. It it feels very much like a letdown spot for them. Um, no interest in the Bears and Raiders there. That's just too much of a of a coin flip. Look, if you're like me and you believe in the Falcons this week, and let's just say you want to take the Rams and the Falcons. You get better than two to one, plus two hundred four. So um, I think that is also another viable option with the Falcons as an underdog. I mean, you could take some of these underdog parlays. Let's say you believe the Lions are going to win, and you want to take the Lions and the Falcons. You're getting plus two sixty four. I mean, some of these numbers here lend themselves to being much better positions, but uh, to take the dogs. But you know, it's again. You know, these dogs on the road are hard to cover sometimes. They really are hard to win outright, I should say. So, kind of just depends on how you want to look at it. So, that that's it for parlays. All right, let's go to teasers. We've got tons and tons and tons of options this week. All over the place. Uh, told you the Falcons when we broke down that game. Excellent teaser spot to get you through uh, three and seven. From two and a half to eight and a half. I think that's a great spot. Taking the Bills from eight and a half down to two and a half. I think that's a very good spot as well. Because I don't think the Bills are going to lose that game. And them winning it by a field goal would not sh- would not shock me at all. Um, you know, it's not ideal, according to teaser experts. The, the typical teaser that you do wants to get through two key numbers. So you want to get through three and seven. With a spread like the Lions at three already, you're kind of – some people would tell you lose a little value. I don't know. NFL games are starting to land on eight more because of the two-point conversion and missed extra points. So uh, getting to nine is advantageous. It really is. <coughs> Excuse me. So the Lions plus nine I think is is solid. I think it's worth it. I think Seattle going down from seven and a half to one and a half is, is fantastic. I'm a big believer in the Chargers. Uh, taking them through the key number of seven and the key number of ten, uh, I think that's an, an excellent move. The Broncos at home taking them to seven and a half. Can the Packers win by margin in that game? Ugh, I don't know. I don't think so. Even taking the Niners down from seven to one, right? You get off the key number seven, you get through three. 49ers just have to win by two or more. That might not be a bad spot because I think they might win that game by a field goal. It feels like Minnesota getting those kind of points is the right side. But there are so many different options out there. The big thing when you have options like this with teasers, what you have to do is you have to figure out you know, which games that you have the biggest amount of faith in that are going to come. You have to do like a regular handicap. And, there, you know, there, there are some people out there who tell you, I wouldn't tease what I wouldn't bet straight up, right? So, like, I wouldn't tease the Lions because I think the Ravens are going to win the game outright. 
that's just not not where I want to, you know, I, I don't want to have to sit in a spot where there is the middle. I think the Falcons can win the game outright. I absolutely would tease them because I'd bet them to win, and I, I would bet them to to to, uh, uh, to stay within a touchdown. Buffalo, could they cover that 8.5 spread? Yeah, they would. Would I tease them down to one? 100%. That would probably be the, 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 the one that I have the most on the card, Atlanta, Buffalo, or Seattle at home uh, against Arizona, down to one and a half. I think some combination of those three would probably be my favorite. Um, I wouldn't take Miami on Sunday night because I think the Eagles are going to win and win by margin. I think that, as I said earlier, I think that game ends up going much similar to the way the Miami-Buffalo Bills game went where they win by double digits. Do I want to take San Fran down to one? Again, uh, it's not my favorite play on the board. Minnesota's still a tough place to play. Uh, San Francisco may be banged, and that's the thing. You have to lock these in at the same time. And you won't know about the status of some of these guys until Monday. So that sort of takes San Francisco out of the idea of teasing anything just simply because, again, um, without knowing the status of certain players, can't do it. So Atlanta and Buffalo would, and, and, and Seattle, some version of those three, would be the best on my card. Um, I, I would, I think the Giants to nine because I don't think the Commanders are going to win by margin. Isn't bad as much as things have been god awful for the Giants. Uh, I want no part of the Colts, uh, no part of the the Browns right now. Too much variance in that game, so I can happily and easily walk away from that. All right, uh, let's get over to Survivor now. All right, uh, let's look at the Survivor options, and we, we say this every week here on Weekend Wager. Sometimes you get a zig when everybody else zags, all right? If you've used the 49ers already, it was a seven-point spread, and you use the Buffalo Bills who are an eight-and-a-half-point spread, um, you know, I, I think m- most of those might have been gone already for the most part. If you don't have those, probably better off just going with those guys. I think Seattle would be the next most logical way to go about choosing somebody and I think that's if you look at your survivor pools that's going to be the one that most of everybody chooses is that one I'm here to give you a couple of other options that I think are absolutely worthwhile when it comes to survivor this week one of them is the Los Angeles Rams at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers they're a three-point favorite Uh, I know the Steelers are coming off a bye as I said earlier, I think when we talked about this game uh, in the Power Five, there's an argument that the Steelers should be winless, that they're not that good, and that the Rams' pass defense can take advantage of them. I think that is a good spot there for a survivor pick. And the other favorite survivor pick I have really is is the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, take them on the money line. It's the same thing as a survivor pick. I said that in the Power Five that – uh, I think they win this game. I think Detroit going on, on back-to-back road games, as when we talked to Jeremy earlier, Jeremy Kahn of, uh, of BetQL, going on uh, uh, the road for back-to-back games, always, always a tough spot. Um, I, I think those are the two that you're going to find are more of the, the zig when everybody else zags or when you zag when everybody else zigs kind of deal. Uh, I, I don't think there's another team out there that's really, really viable. Um, you know, and we were smart enough. We gave out the Giants in Week 2 against the Cardinals. Uh, we got lucky by all standards of what we saw as the Giants' lone win as they came back. But guess what? You're still alive in Survivor. So um, could you use the Eagles? I think they're going to win if you still have them. But, again, you know, um, that may be a team that there's a better matchup for a couple of weeks down the road. And, look, it never really hurts. With a team like the Rams, 
who you don't think you're going to use that often, it never hurts to just go look at their schedule and see what's left on it and try to figure out exactly uh, where a better spot to use them would be than this one, if there is a better spot. You know, you have to kind of assume, look, no injuries, none of the other stuff, and, and, all, and all this stuff comes to, comes, to, comes to plan. But the point simply is, is that it's, it's worth a look to do that just to see what, you know, um, what, what somebody has in front of them. So, uh, and that's why I think Seattle, just because they're playing one of the worst teams in the league in Arizona, uh, will be a popular pick. So that'll do it for uh, uh, Parlay's Teasers and Survivor. It is now time for Decision, our best bet for week seven in the NFL. And we will go to the Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs, and we're going to take the Chargers and the five-and-a-half points here with Kansas, uh, with Los Angeles. Rather, The Chiefs have not really beaten anybody by margin this year, other than taking care of the Bears, who are absolutely dreadful. They have not separated from anybody. This is just not a team right now that is, is showing you that they are going to be infinitely better than their competition. This is a very good Chargers team from a talent standpoint. Uh, and from a roster standpoint. But they only scored 17 points against the Jaguars. They only scored 23 against the Jets. They only scored 27 against the Vikings, one of the worst defenses in the NFL, and only 19 against the Broncos, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So how potent is this Chiefs offense really? Well, potent enough uh, to win games, but not enough to win by margin. And that's really what it boils down to here. I don't necessarily trust Brandon Staley. And normally with a team going on the road after a Monday night game, I'd look to fade him. But this is a spot here for me that I can look at the uh, I can look at the Chargers with a lot of confidence because all of these games are generally close between Kansas City and and Los Angeles and the Chargers. If you go back and look the last five years, so many one score games. I don't think any of them were decided by more than ten points. Now, a one score game can make you a loser here if they get to seven, but Chargers tend to always play games decided by three or four. Go look at what they did on Monday night against the Cowboys. So there's that. So we're going to go Chargers best bet here for week seven in the NFL plus five and a half. All right. Appreciate you guys joining me and listening as you do every single week. Uh, make sure you guys hit me up on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Use that hashtag weekend wager nine two nine. We will be back again next week for week eight. I hope you guys enjoyed the show and uh, good luck with all your games on Sunday. Go cash some tickets and we'll talk to you again next week here on weekend wager sports radio 929 the game 929thegame.com and the Odyssey app. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.